0: Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Cooper, and I'm joined by the sartorial splendor, Mistress Eva. How are you doing, Eva?
1: My goodness, your compliments are just getting more and more glamorous. Thank you, Dirk. <laughs> I'm doing very well. <laughs> After that compliment, look at
0: it. a little sunshine to your day. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're talking here, it's morning for you and it's evening for me, mm-hmm. just so that people know out there, because mm. you're in, where are you at?
1: I'm in Bali at the moment.
0: Okay. And then I'm in Oklahoma City. So yeah. uh, we're separated by about, what, 10 hours, something like that?
1: Um, I think 11.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know, a lot.
0: <laughs> a lot, it's definitely a lot, so yeah, fortunately, I like staying up late, and you get up yeah. early, so we're in good yes. shape,
1: there. yeah, yeah, maybe I won't even see you if we were in the same place
0: well, yeah, I mean, that's true, i mean, you know i I sleep in really i'm a night owl, I mean, I really okay. enjoy staying up late, and um yeah it's it's difficult, although when I travel sometimes that works in my favor,
1: okay. Okay yeah and I guess when um we meet I'll I'll be totally jet lagged this way anyway so it will oh. probably work out. First.
0: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy for when I'm near my time zone it's very easy for me to stay up late a lot of people that you know run in this group likes to go out and party and stay up late and stuff. Uh fortunately I can I can do that pretty easily because I you know I'm usually up until some ridiculous hour in the morning. I've, I've found that I'm most creative during that time for whatever reason. Um, okay. So I, what I'm interested in is, can you tell us a little bit about your guide, sex work, how to tour and, and about where the proceeds go?
1: Okay. Um, So I saw you retweeting that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I
0: think it's interesting.
1: A lot of people ask me, because I've been touring around um, doing ProDom stuff for seven years now. And so I get a lot of people asking me how I do that. Especially in the regions that I do it in, and I found myself repeat like I found myself just repeating it over and mm. over again, and I thought oh i can 't do this anymore so much time, um, but I want to share, so how am I going to do this and the idea came to me to write a a resource, so it 's an ebook that I promote to other workers who do want to tour, do it safely, do it successfully. And all the proceeds go to um, sex work organizations in my region. So that's uh, Project X in Singapore and Jiteng um, organization in Hong Kong. And they support uh, sex workers, whether it's uh, advice or just being a safe space and do a lot of fundraising to, to help the community. So that's where the money from that goes, all of it. And um, inside the guide, yeah, I do a few things. So I basically run down how I like to run my tours, how I choose the places and my procedures. And But I also talk about um, things like, Why I do what I do. So I guess you could say it's like branding and positioning kind of exercises, and and figuring out your motivations for touring or for even doming in general, and um, Mm. realizing that the success of your business or your tour really relies on the fact that you're doing what you want to do and what suits you. And so I also have some little worksheets in there that kind of help tease out those answers for people as well. So, because if you just do it like I do it, it might not suit you, right? So I want people to be successful. And in order for them to do that, they need to figure out what suits them and their style and their pace first, and then they can use the security measures that I have. But um yeah. So it's just a little document for other people to hopefully be as successful as I have been. Um, yeah. And thanks for asking.
0: You're welcome. I think it's really interesting that you've created this thing mm-hmm. and then you didn't put it on Amazon or something. You're you're taking the proceeds from this because you're you're sending it directly to the people who, who are interested in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, you're taking the proceeds from this and you're, you're donating it to a great charity mm. which I think is also really cool. So yeah, you know, I just think that it's a it's something really interesting and really positive that you have uh that you've done and that thank you continue you. to do. And I think that people should know about it. Mm,
1: thank you. Um I I don't know. I've always been like this, but especially now I guess I'm I'm very established and I'm like doing very well and I feel like I have a lot of time and space now and I want to be able to help others, you know, not get in a rut <laughs> right. about this. And also, I've done a lot of work with sex worker organizations, um, but now I, I live quite far away from the ones that I'm familiar with. And I've been tr- also trying to think, how am I going to support them? You know, I can I can help them do a bit of promo here, but I I want to give them some money because it really helps them. It, sure. A little bit goes a long way. And sure. and it's just a nice way for me to be able to support them as well. I, I find it a very productive little package and exercise. And I like that, I guess.
0: Yeah, you're helping people on both ends, which is super cool. It's
1: very satisfying. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. If people are interested in that, where should they go?
1: Um, so they can go to youwillpleaseme.com. And if they have their eyes open, right at the bottom of the page is a link called for sex workers. And there you can apply to get it. Um, Basically, I'd like to check that you're actually working.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) As opposed
1: to, you know, just some random who wants to dig through my words, the information is for people who you know, are actually in this. And I I find it quite sensitive and quite private. And so I I kind of don't distribute it so freely on Amazon and this kind
0: of thing as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, good deal.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: So what's our topic today?
1: So our topic today is, would you date someone who wasn't kinky? Mm.
0: He's got a lot of very strong opinions. Yes,
1: including one from Dirk Hooper. Handle, at Dirk I, Hooper.
0: I don't know who that is, but he <laughs> yeah. sounds devilishly handsome.
1: Maybe you should read it.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. We're going to open with that one, huh?
1: Yeah, definitely. All right.
0: Well, let me, let me dig around and find it. Okay, here we are. Mm. Um, so anyway, you know, I was... This this question came out long before we did the Safe Word podcast, but it, mm-hmm. it certainly spoke to me, and so I thought it would – yeah, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring on this one. So uh, the question is, um, you know, would you date someone who uh, who wasn't kinky? And my response is, never again. <laughs> I've, I've tried to date vanilla women a few times over the past 10 years, and every time it turned out to be a major disappointment. Aww. Kink is who I am and what I need in a partner. I wouldn't even know how to deal with someone if they didn't fill out a BDSM playlist.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where would you start? Like if it were, uh. if you didn't have a playlist, would it be like, let's go to this movie? Do you like this movie? How do you feel about that movie? What is the limit to do with this movie? <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's> t- right. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I have, I guess I just don't know how to date vanilla. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just terrible at it. I'm clumsy and I don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. all of the things that I'm used to in a BDSM relationship are just not there. I mean, Mm -hmm. in BDSM, the the first thing you talk about is, you know, let's fill out this list. You know, what, what is it that you're interested in? And you get down to a lot of very um you know fundamental things from that aspect you know very frankly and, and really quickly yeah and you also in a BDSM relationship you have assigned roles mm-hmm. which makes things it kind of greases the skids a little bit it makes everything easier when you know what your role is and what your partner's role is. Mm-hmm. In, in a vanilla relationship you got, you have nothing. I mean, you, you can't, you certainly can't talk about, um, you know, what you're into.
1: Oh, but, you could, but I don't you, think it's common practice.
0: You wouldn't do it, you know, right off the bat. I don't think, I mean, it would be, it would be seen as being presumptuous, you know, like mm. why are we talking about sex? You know, we're not, mm. you know, uh, so that's, difficult and th- the openness is not there, at least from what I encountered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I It's don't not know. as normalized.
1: I, yeah.
0: It's certainly not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think kinky people are a, a lot more interesting <laughs> and a lot more open about that sort of stuff. And uh-huh. I need, I need that in my life. It's not the yeah. most important thing. I need a lot of other things in addition to that. You know, the the vanilla stuff, which comes down to, you know, attraction and interests, you mm-hmm. know, uh outside of that and, and compatibility and uh you know that sort of thing. So I need those things too. But mm. if the kink is not there, I mean there there are so many women that I could date right now mm. that are not kinky. Yeah. That you know, I mean, it's a shame, but I also know that it's at a certain point, I would feel, you know, unfulfilled um, if that wasn't part of the relationship. Mm. So for me, it's not a question. I absolutely have to have that in, in my, in my relationship. I'd rather not be in a relationship than to, uh, you See know, have a relationship that bank. Yep. Mm. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's quite quite interesting. Like a a lot of things that that says to me. And it says that, um, you know, like we understand that a a high level of communication and clarity of roles is pretty inherent to people who practice BDSM. um, And it's not the norm for people outside of that. It would be really nice if it was the norm. You know, I would love it, but it's just not as normalized. So it's, it's like, it's almost like if the world outside of this could speak up a little bit more, maybe we wouldn't have to make that distinction, you know?
0: Right, right. Mm.
1: But also, I guess when it comes to this question in particular, it's it's about kinks, right? And so it's about the things that people consider kinky. So left of center, uh, or off center, the sexual practices, um, and so I think a lot of people are very hung up about sex. And so it's very like outside of this community. I'm in it actually. Also. Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah. but then it's much harder to broach those topics and they come with so much baggage like, oh, you can't do that. And the judgments start to come in and the limitations start to come in. And so I guess... The, the issue is that there's lack of communication uh, that's normalized and a huge like puritanical version of sexual um freedom that is also normalized outside of the community. and that's what makes it so hard. If yes. those things were gone, if they were broken down as much as they are, you know if you, then then maybe it would be easier for us to think more openly about. Oh, you're vanilla. Okay, that's cool. Let's talk about these things. Oh yeah, you're not gonna judge me if I say I really like this. Oh, maybe you're not as vanilla as we all thought.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: But so I think it's a it's a really it's a bigger problem also. But like to make it simple for ourselves, definitely. I, I see because our current world is the current world to to. To say this is probably an easier rule for me to stick by <laughs> right. at this point in time. Like, do you, do you know what BDSM is? No. Okay, it's going to take too long. Never mind. Next. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, if someone was just interested, that's enough. I mean, they don't have to. It, yeah. it's not necessarily a, a case of where you have to be experienced, but mm-hmm. if if the the thought of you know doing these things, and mm-hmm. you know my my interests are pretty broad. I've been both dominant and submissive. So, you know, I'm, I'm about as broad as you can get within the world of BDSM. So, um, you know, the the thing for me is that I'm also kind of, after doing this for as long as I have, I'm, I'm a bit of a, like a BDSM junkie. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, like a, uh, you know, like it's, it's an emotional drug that mm-hmm. if it's not there for me if that if that relationship dynamic is not there i miss it too much i know how mm-hmm. powerful it is and i want it <laughs> that's what i want yeah. out of a relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i have never had that that emotional connection that deep emotional connection in a vanilla relationship in my life not even close
1: mm-hmm. yeah because of the role, like the roles that are stated?
0: I think so. That's part of it. The the power exchange, the roles. Um yeah. the just the just how intense everything gets in a BDSM yeah. relationship emotionally. Um mm. you know, I yeah, I miss that. Um mm. and you know sex is for me, sex is there's a lot of mental aspects Mm. to sex for me so it's not just a perfunctory physical thing Mm -hmm. and if the if the the mental aspect is not there then uh you know it's just not worth it to me
1: Mm. yeah like too much energy hassle not fulfilling
0: it's just not fulfilling yeah. It's just not fulfilling for me unless that dynamic yeah. is there. I miss that um, yeah. it's so important yeah. to me and I, I think that people who are not into this they don't get how powerful it is how much mm-hmm. how much that connection is when it's really clicking you know when you mm-hmm. when you're with someone that's you know that's a good match and mm-hmm. you're you know you're on the same wavelength and you're mm-hmm. both in your roles and doing your thing. Ooh, boy! That connection is really uh, that. There's a high to that, uh, and mm. you know, a, a uh, an emotional chemical high that I have not found. And you know, maybe people can find that in a vanilla relationship, but I haven't been able to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, have I experienced that high? In a vanilla setting, and and sexually, I have, have. But the thing is, I never let go of my power dynamic. Mm. So it's hard to say because I I've never let go of my power dynamic, right. and so it's always it's always there. Right. So even if it's a vanilla person, I always steer it in that way. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, I can see that. So yeah. And so even, and also I, I have a lot of different relationships. So one partner, maybe sexually there's, there is nothing and it's just a service-based relationship and we're happy with that. And then somebody else, it is a sexually charged relationship, but it also has DS associated with it. Right. So I, I guess I, because I'm not monogamous, I, have a little bit more, like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, I could see where this goes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, was there a second part to your answer? Oh, there was. Or- yes,
0: there was. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I, I think it was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, uh, a response to something that someone else said, but I um, said, I think a lot of slaves don't understand the reality of a BDSM relationship. They don't think any further than what it takes to get them off. Then again, there are plenty of slaves out there who want and need a real relationship and understand what that means.
1: It's a common theme throughout our episodes. This it time. is,
0: absolutely. We, we just talked about this, yeah. that in our last episode, which is, mm. you know, a, a real relationship, a day-to-day relationship, um, requires mm. a hell of a lot more than just sex. Yeah. And it's far yeah. more rewarding <laughs> than just those scenes also. Yeah, you know it's not it's yeah. not a it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but a lot of people are are focused only on the the getting off part. Mm. Unfortunately,
1: uh, Artemisia Divine's um, quote: "What was it? Are you serving to give? Or are you serving to take?" Yeah, that's wonderful. Gotta write that. That down. should be on a t-shirt Artemisia or something. Devine. Uh, I might be using that in my application process. Thank you, Optimistia Devine. That one I will make a a yes or no question. There you go. Or or a two-option question. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. No gray. No. You you must choose. Oh, dear. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to um, read one uh, by Molon Lava or Labor, I'm not sure how to say that correctly. It's, uh, he's actually served me on a photo shoot. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's Latin. So do you know Latin?
0: I do not No.
1: So, yeah, so I'm going to be pronouncing it potentially incorrectly. So Molon Lava kink, um, replies I have but not for a long time. The last time I was seriously involved with someone who wasn't kinky was 2008 and even she was kink friendly. It's hard enough to find someone. Finding someone who doesn't suit you at all kink-wise is setting yourself up for heartbreak. I've seen a lot of people here involved in kinks that they can't share with their significant others. I find that tragic. You need not find someone who fits everything perfectly, but it's better to be involved with someone who understands your kinks and doesn't shame you for
0: them. Oh, amen.
1: That's a lot of experience and pain in that very um, eloquent
0: tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, definitely. You can see all the, all the, the trials. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And that happens so often. And I and I guess if your kink isn't so, you know, like you need it every day, and you're happy to just see a pro about it every now and then, then I can see how there's room for a vanilla vanilla relationship. But in this case, it really sounds like it's part of molan's most days, and so yeah, you're setting yourself up for never being fulfilled for heartbreak, as you. Yes,
0: said. I, I feel that strongly um, too, and. Uh, being in kind of my position where I write articles and have done podcasts and and mentored and done that sort of stuff, I hear this sort of thing all the time, where people are, I mean, let's say trapped in a vanilla relationship, and they all they can think about are these things that they never get to explore, and in many cases either they're miserable or they end up making their partner miserable because they're not interested in that sort of stuff. Um, and it is truly tragic. It's, it's a terrible situation for these people to be in a relationship where they're not fully invested in their partner, frankly, because, you know, they're not getting what they need. And, uh, yeah, you know,
1: that's a horrible one. And then things just
0: deteriorate. Yeah. It's not fair to anyone. Yeah. Um,
1: What do you tell them in a coaching scenario if somebody says, I think about this all the time and I can't fulfill it?
0: Well, I'll tell you something. You can't turn this stuff off. I I say that it's like, um, you know, passing through a wormhole or, um, you know, going into another existence. Um, Once Mm -hmm. you taste BDSM and you find that you like it, If you taste it and you don't like it, that you're done. But if you taste it and you like it and it feeds you, um, I I don't think you can ever turn away from it. You can't be, you can't go back to being vanilla. I think it will always be on your mind. You will always wonder, you know, what would my life be like if I could, you know, explore this from time to time. And Mm -hmm. I think that in a lot of cases, I mean, it depends on what your circumstance is. If you're in a, if you're just dating someone, then go date someone else. I mean, you know that's that's the thing. Go find someone who is into what you're into, or will, you know, will do the things that you want to do, and in return, you do the things they want to do. If Mm -hmm. if you're married, I mean, let's imagine that you've been in in a marriage for twenty years, and you got two or three kids, and this thing you know you want to wear women's underwear and be whipped all the time mm-hmm. um, you know that's not going to go away that's, that's something that's mm-hmm. going to be there and uh, you know a lot of these guys will try to persuade their wives or they will they will go to professional dominatrix um, on the mm-hmm. sly you know, they'll, they'll do it secretive, mm-hmm. which I mean, maybe yeah. is not a bad idea. If you can, if you can see a compartmentalize, right, if you can see a professional, you know, on a Saturday afternoon once a month, and it takes that need away from you, then maybe that's the, maybe that's the answer in that case, you know, you mm-hmm. know, t- telling someone, well, gosh, you got to get a divorce and you got to, you know, I mean, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's not lot. an answer. That's not an answer. That's not, yeah. you know, um, I would say that yeah. if you are single or, you know, you're just getting started and all this stuff, then, you know, put as a coach, I would say you're probably not going to be able to, to squash this. It's probably going to be something that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And you should look for that in your partners. That should be part of your selection mm-hmm. process is to take mm-hmm. that into account. Part of
1: your little list. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Right along with attractiveness and you know, how both of you handle your finances and you know, everything else, all the-
1: like star star Trek, not star Wars. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So important. That data star Wars person. That's fine. <laughs> I'd hold it against them. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them that, though. It's good to be honest.
0: <laughs> that is exactly right. You have to know those things.
1: Yeah. Have I ever mentioned that? No, tell me. To no. You? Oh, I'm a Star Trek person. I, like, I don't mind Star Wars. I wonder how many people I have now lost. Oh,
0: yeah. People are turning <laughs> off their podcasting device right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, it just, it just, uh, there's something about the Star Trek universe, especially the original series that really appeals to an introvert. You know, there's a lot of little details. It's very snarky. It's very gentle universe as opposed to the really, you know, like over the top and like, it's beautiful, the Star Wars universe. But it just, it's it's a little bit uh, excessive for my very quiet nature. But um, not knocking it, just doesn't suit me as much as Star Trek, and it's it's funny little sarcasm, does right.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, so. I'm a super nerd, so I like both Star Wars and Star Trek. So I'm I am <laughs> uh, I'm by on those. I guess you can say. <laughs> um,
1: so you know what I mean, then, if you know both. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, Star Trek yeah. is much more intellectual. It's kind of a utopian society where uh, people don't mm-hmm. people no longer work for money. They um, they mm-hmm. do what they want to do. If you want to be an artist, that's what you do. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, humans have evolved to the point where by and large they're um, positive and uh, you know, you have a, mm. you have a counselor on board, you you know, on the bridge of your starship mm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it, absolutely. I can yeah. definitely see, see, um, uh, you know, Star Trek, Star, Star Trek. Anyway. And then, right. It, it's also very orderly. Uh, Star Trek is a very orderly universe. So yeah. when you throw something like Klingons yeah. into the mix, um you know mm. they they create chaos and conflict. Uh, yeah. Or if you look at the Borg, they are very much about um, uniformity, and uh, that's yeah. also very an, an interesting aspect of them. Um, <laughs> Star Wars, on the <laughs> other hand, is very much about fantasy and about the, mm-hmm. the, the hero's yeah. journey and about mm. good and evil and mm. um, You know, really cool lightsabers. So, (laughs) and being able to
1: to move things This is another question for my application process (laughs) Star Trek or Star Wars? I think
0: that's (laughs) an awesome question. I think that's an awesome question. (laughs)
1: It'll tell me a lot about you. Do you live in (laughs) fantasy? do you strive for right? Exactly. Well, actually, they're, they're both they're both pretty fantastical, but different ways of it's going. It's very about true. It. Yeah, but you yeah. can learn about a, a lot
0: about people by yeah what you prefer.
1: Yeah. Oh, if they don't know either, what does that right. say? Right.
0: Well, it says we're probably oh, not going to get know. along because I mean, you know, <laughs> if if you want to watch no. like you know dramas on television or Downton Abbey or something, I don't know if you know I don't know if we're going to get along so great.
1: Uh, I have I have one sub who who doesn't know much actually about sci-fi and does really like dramas, but I'm in a position where I can
0: make fun of them. <laughs> well, there's always that.
1: <laughs> like, oh, are you watching another thing? Are you gonna cry this time? Who's <laughs> sleeping with who now? <laughs> Oh, look, they haven't come come away from the brown background. Oh. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or a uh, uh, reality series or that sort of thing. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. There's a part of me that I can kind of understand, like the soap opera di- sure. dynamic of it. But I it's so junky also. You know, it's like, I don't eat much junk food, but every now and then, I probably want fries from McDonald's because they're extra bad, extra salty, extra fatty. You know, so I can see that appeal, but it's very dangerous. (laughs) Next, you're going to buy a cheeseburger, and then it's a double cheeseburger.
0: (laughs) You don't want to go down that road.
1: super size. Yeah, so... So, yeah. How did we get on that from
0: <laughs> whether we date with all very relevant to BDSM. <laughs> all very relevant, yes. Well, it is relevant when you're talking about, uh, you know, compatibility with, with people, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, BDSM or whether it's just a regular relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Star Wars or Star Trek. <laughs> Got it. Uh, is there any other quotes that um, stood out to you?
0: Well, I didn't take as copious notes on this as as i did on the on the okay. other one um uh, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. let's see so i i liked mistress evangeline's take on it that was very sweet and very understanding um and had a nice uh kind of broad-minded view on it so she says sexuality and kink are spectrums we explore throughout our lives I believe there's no pure vanilla or pure kinky people but variances in those endless combinations many matches can happen if love communication and respect is at the foundation of a relationship yes so that speaks to like um when, when we were talking about what you were saying I think and how um if levels of communication and respect are up there, no kink shaming, and we can talk about right. what we need, then yeah, many things can happen, I believe, but is that common?
0: Right. No. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it takes – and I know that I've trained some vanilla people into becoming better, and I have one, actually, in my inner circle now who I would say still calls themselves vanilla, although female-led. But the amount of training Mm. I had to put in was high. I mean, I live with this person. It was so high. And even now I have to teach communication skills, you know, and like how to say a sentence properly to – to communicate how you're feeling and to not blame, set set blame, but set like a direction for us to go in. It's like, this is basic stuff, but you're not doing a very good job of it right now. We need to figure <laughs> out slightly basic, basic ways of formatting your sentence. So, yeah, I can see what she's saying and I definitely stand by it. But unfortunately to get to that level of communication and respect for the other is, um, takes a lot of work and it's not part of, I think a general population, unfortunately. Well, what I, do you think?
0: I, I'll tell you, I have like, I've, I can remember that there was a, a submissive who was a friend of mine who had a boyfriend mm-hmm. who, uh, was vanilla and she Wanted me to train her boyfriend how to dominate her, and Mm -hmm. so I separated her Uh from her boyfriend. Did he? Right, bingo. (laughs) I separated her from him, and I interviewed him for a minute. And I tried to get you know he was open to the like yeah you know I'll learn this sort of stuff but I said you know how do you feel about this. Do you want to do this? Is this something you really want to do? And it's like he was kind of willing to do this just to placate her, but he mm. he wasn't interested. He was he was interested in going through the motions. I felt like to to make her shut up about it. But I don't think that he was yeah. really interested in taking that into his heart and trying to really do it. And in in addition to that, Mm -hmm. you know, this was a friend of mine. So I also knew kind of what was happening in their relationship otherwise. And I felt like that it wasn't a healthy relationship. And it's like with a couple who is having a hard time, having a baby is not a way to make their relationship better. It's going to make the relationship much Mm -hmm. more difficult The same thing applies for for BDSM. If you hand over the keys to a BDSM relationship to someone who is vanilla and who has ulterior motives, like, hey, this is an opportunity for me to learn how to control my partner. I felt Mm. like that was a disaster. So I told her I'll going to, mm. I'm not going to train this guy wow, that's how to control you scary. because that's a nightmare. This guy is doing it for all the wrong reasons. And, uh, mm. yeah, I'm not going to, you know, give him the keys to that kingdom. So I guess, um, yeah. you can absolutely, absolutely. You can convert someone who's vanilla. Absolutely. Because mm. honestly, if you look at the statistics they've done some they've done some some surveys on this sort of stuff If you look at the that spectrum of what is counted as kinky activity, about fifty percent of the people out there are doing something, whether it's spanking or whether it's bondage or role playing mm-hmm. or you know something that you know most people are engaging in not most, but half of the people out there are engaging in kinky activity, even if they don't call it that. So, you know, mm-hmm. 50% of the populace is pretty good. That's, I mean, that's a pretty wide range of people you can, you can choose from. And, you know, someone who's willing to, yeah. to bring spanking into a relationship, it's not too far to say, well, would you, you know, dominate me instead of just spanking me? Would you, you know, take that role? Um, they're probably open hmm. to it. They're probably okay. Let's do that. And if you can.
1: 50% yeah, you gotta, chance. Gotta,
0: it's, it's a, yeah. <laughs> toss, toss the, the coin. Day. Yeah. Oh, dear. You know, you might be able to get them. And it, I I really wanted to bring up something, uh, you know, that, that I saw in this that kind of is related to this. And that is, I think that – And it may be the case with men too. But again, this may be some bias on my part. I I think women, particularly attractive women, I think they they will have greater success in converting someone who is vanilla, because guys are kind of like, I really like this girl, (laughs) you know. I will.
1: Yeah, but the sustainability of that is another thing. It's really a case by case
0: thing, but yes, I know know what you're saying. I think that, I think that, you know, guys are maybe willing to be a little bit more open-minded if they're really into the, into the woman, you know? (laughs) The
1: right hormones are charged. No, I'm
0: not really into this, but I will try it because, you know, I really like this person, um, where, it mm. might be a little bit more, you know. Maybe it's just more difficult for me, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe if I mm. look like Brad Pitt, I could be more convincing to vanilla women. But, um, you know, um, I
1: it's such a compl- complicated, like, scenario, though, you know, it's because I'm and I, I can't speak for a man, but as a somewhat attractive woman, it's like I spent the longest time battling my mm. own needs. Because even though it seems like maybe I could have asked to have gotten what I want as a woman, and maybe even just as a lot of uh, marginalized people, uh, you, you get taught to not ask for what you want, but to ask for what the scenario wants or what's better for the other person or what society expects of you. And so I think a lot of the time, You know, especially as an attractive woman, you're not asking for what you want, but you've already been taught everybody thinks I'm pretty. Everybody keeps saying I'm pretty. What can I do to make more positive things, you know, that be said about me or for them to feel happy about? about my existence. I remember when mm-hmm. I was very small, a lot of like, that would be the first thing that people would say to my parents. They would never say it to me. Uh, they wouldn't even address me. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, she's very pretty. And it's like, you don't even know my name yet. You haven't asked me, you don't even talk mm-hmm. to me. This is all you're gonna define me by. But. After a while, it really teaches you that that's the only thing you're valued for. And you don't think about your needs anymore. You know, you're thinking only about that first impression and how big of a thing that is for people. And so I think there's a double-edged sword, like everything, I guess. But on one hand, you think that more attractive people can get what they want. But on the other hand, they've been taught that society values you for this. So keep being this, you know, keep being what society wants you to be. Don't
0: challenge. don't, Don't rock the boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how. How much weight that really has. Um, I mean, now because I don't compromise so much anymore, I understand that at least being attractive enough brings people to you, but it doesn't keep them there. You know.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it. And it's about them being able to embrace their submission it's not about whether i'm pretty enough for you to want to
0: <laughs> right
1: yeah unfortunately I'll,
0: I'll, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something else mm-hmm. um if someone is is vanilla and they're dead set on it no amount of hounding them mm-hmm. or yeah cajoling so them or begging them or whatever is Mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen yeah and you're going to make yourself miserable and you're going to make that other person miserable Mm -hmm. by trying to convert someone into doing something that they're not into
1: Mm -hmm. it goes both ways you know it's like you don't want them to kink shame you and you don't want to vanilla (laughs) if they want to be like that that's cool you know good for them
0: absolutely absolutely there's nothing wrong with being vanilla absolutely Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I take that personally, you know, mm-hmm. from the other end, because I want to advocate for people who are kinky, mm. um, because, because there's so much against us in the, the yes. media True. and in perception. And it's just now starting to maybe turn a corner where we, we have a little bit of a voice mm-hmm. and we get to express our opinion on these things. And we mm-hmm. don't have the, 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 uh, the, the psych the, the psychiatrists telling us that telling everyone that we're bad people and we have things terrible things that have happened to us in our past and yeah. that's the why why we're doing this and all that sort of stuff as mm-hmm. it turns out they're finding out that people who are into bdsm are much more well-adjusted mm-hmm. than the general they're -hmm. much more open-minded they tend to be uh, more creative they are more uh uh, relaxed and adjusted than probably because they're having satisfying sex
1: yeah and relationships (laughs) Um, yeah i remember that study we should put a link to these at the bottom of the episode yeah
0: absolutely i love listen it's not just one study it's a lot Mm -hmm. of studies okay um Every time they look into it and I share these things and try to hang on to it because mm-hmm. every so often I will run onto something online where someone will make a statement about, you know, these perverts here who are, you know, damaged people and all this sort of stuff. And I just go ballistic,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and the only way to really fight that is with love and with science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, yeah, that's, that's that. what I try to do. Yeah. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) And I guess to to speak to the the conversion, um, Mistress Bliss um, underscore after her name says, uh, I tried throughout my life to turn vanilla partners, which was just not possible. (laughs) I truly believe there are those of us with an animal inside and those of us without. I Mm -hmm. spent years very isolated waiting for a true player who didn't just see me as a novelty for a time, never again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We do speak about that too, right? About Mistress Place is a pro-dom in London, but um, who who sees this kinky partner and in her case, her professional dominatrix, it's just this like shiny little thing to put on a pedestal. And then, you know, I'm actually not interested in that anymore on a personal level. So, so I guess that's, that's quite a common... A story a storyline that can happen as well
0: and you're someone who tried to once again tried to turn someone vanilla
1: um you know, other isn't. way around
0: yeah all oh, right right right
1: yeah vanilla partner um yeah so I, I like like i said like in my case um vanilla still sexually vanilla but um but suits my power dynamic self, which actually is probably more important to me than than anything Mm -hmm. else. Uh, But I have other options also, so that's okay. But yes, in and of itself, only one option. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So I'm very happy for Mistress Bliss that she has found a true player that that suits her and doesn't see her as just a novelty now.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I love the the uh, thought of having an animal inside. Yeah. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah, that that speaks to me. I I can definitely yeah I feel that way, and that's <laughs> what I was talking about. You know, passing through that that wormhole, mm. uh, which is also very nerdy to mm-hmm. even say that. Mm-hmm. But th- th- the point is that you know whether it's it's that wormhole or is an, an animal or something. You either, you either have it or you don't. Mm. and um,
1: yeah, it's so funny for me because a part of me wants to believe that everybody has that but then sometimes I do meet like friends of my subs and I'm like wow there's there's like a small kitten inside of you but that <laughs> maybe that might be it that's fine but it's like I, mm, it's interesting I haven't seen that for a while
0: <laughs> and that's so <laughs> it, many people I guess so they just, I, yeah they just like things very you know whatever
1: yeah yeah uh,
0: uncomplicated
1: yeah I, I i don't know i cuz i you know i mean i'm around prodoms all the time or or my slaves and and the people who suit me so there's huge animals inside of these people <laughs> yes <laughs> really ravenous animals and so it's it's yeah i, I guess Maybe I should socialize more. <laughs> go on meetup. Go to, I don't know, Star Trek meetup, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> At least well, there's something would, in common. <laughs>
0: they would love you there. Are you kidding me? They would love you.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wonder how you know, long they, I have had those.
0: Those, they have those latex uh, Star Trek yes! uniforms. Have you seen those? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah,
1: those yeah, are yeah. very
0: hot. Those are very hot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this incredible cosplay outfits in latex these days. I never realized how common it was until I saw latex fashion TV, like covering or um, like Comic Con kind of yeah. kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Spending all day in a cosplay latex outfit at a convention. Right. That's, that's that takes commitment.
0: That's hardcore. <laughs>
1: that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah.
0: There are a lot of nerds or geeks or whatever you want to call it involved mm-hmm. in BDSM. I mean, there is definitely Why do you a,
1: think that is? Why do you oh, think I, I, I agree,
0: but- I think it's open-minded. I think it's I think it's intelligence and I think it's creativity. I think it's all of mm-hmm. those things that mm-hmm. are, that w- where people are, you know, they're just a track. Oh, and it's also uh, role-playing. Um, mm-hmm. ah. you know, people who like to- imagine themselves in this world or as these characters also might imagine themselves in a sexual context. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of crossover there as well.
1: Mm, Imagination, the creativity thing again.
0: Yeah. Mm. When I was, when I was very young, let's say four or five, um, Mm -hmm. I had a a babysitter who liked to um, create these scenarios where, we were pirates or there was a, like it, we were in a ghost house or something. She was just entertaining me or whatever, but it's something that, that spoke to me even back then. And, mm. uh, it didn't hurt that my, my babysitter was maybe eight or 10 years <laughs> old. I feel like I've heard this
1: story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and, and so, uh, you know, that was something that, that I recognized much later that kind of introduced me to that, that role play aspect, you know, of mm-hmm. kind of playing these characters and, and having, mm-hmm. having fun and stuff. So, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's part of it. I think that role play thing is, is maybe where some of that originates, where the crossover
1: mm-hmm. is. Mm, yeah. Where that um, more, there's more freedom in the sense of self and what that could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice way to to see it, and sounds sounds pretty pretty true. <laughs> In a way, we've been exposed to all sorts of aliens, so why can't we be them too?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. A, I, uh, yeah. Sorry.
0: Oh, there's a there's an interesting thing. I mean, you want to talk about a crossover here? Um, mm-hmm. They have these dildos that are made to look like alien. Oh. Yes, fallacy. I've seen
1: those. Yeah, And they yeah. have
0: different, you know, they have some that are, you know, based on creatures or what, you know, like fantasy creatures and some that are mm-hmm. based on actual, you know, characters and stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty fascinating. You know, and, and when you're talking about toys like that, um, it costs a lot of money to create these things, you know, to, to do mm-hmm. research the and development and do the molds and yeah. do the manufacturing. So it's not a it's not so much a niche there has to be a a large number of people who are interested in this for them to mass mm. produce them and mm. i think that's i think that's fascinating
1: yeah or you know they just they're happy to just do it and not make money
0: maybe <laughs> but I, that
1: talks about a lot of love also
0: right right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> they get a
0: lot of publicity over the the deal maybe that's you know that that's where they get paid off. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean hentai is such a huge search, right? On on certain sure. sites, and a lot of that does involve uh um, modifications to the body in in a slightly more alien form. So I guess it's yeah, it's maybe more common than everyone realizes. Right. Imagining the tentacle.
0: Tentacle porn. Oh yes,
1: <laughs>
0: that is massive. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, yeah, what I, I I guess there's there was a lot of uh, a lot of conversion stories,
0: <laughs> right?
1: I feel that we got uh, out of this, but um, things like from hushes so at hushes her name's cheryl she says well i tend to bring out the kink in my partners Mm -hmm. um and then another one was uh let's see by angela st lawrence which is um at literatrix and she says i've dated many guys who considered themselves vanilla and found they usually and eventually revealed kinks at a minimum, even if they didn't, I was always in charge. They just didn't know it. <laughs> in, in fact, the one and only guy I almost married started out vanilla and became super kinky. Right. So, so yeah, I guess that that really goes back to how when um, uh, who was it, Mrs. Evangeline, was talking about spectrums and that you know, I guess you can never really tell, but uh, but I don't know, maybe there are, if you have the time to invest and. They are going to start to display the communication, the respect, the true open-mindedness. Then, you know, then maybe it, it is something that you can invest in. But you have to be ready, I guess, to invest in a lot of crossover time and and exposure and communication both ways. Sure. Yeah, so.
0: And you know what, yeah. kinky people, their their um, their interests and. Uh, how they approach this stuff, that changes over time too. I mean, mm-hmm. what I was interested in twenty years ago was not you know what I'm necessarily interested in now. It's can it's,
1: I ask what those things are?
0: I mean, I would say that it was much more earlier on, I wasn't anywhere near as I don't know permissive as I am now. I'm much more interested in a lot of stuff, th- things that I still haven't uh-huh. done. Um mm-hmm. I would say that I'm much more interested in kind of I don't know extreme play now Not quite. versus uh humiliation. Not okay. No. Um it, it, speaking as a submissive humiliation and degradation, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um uh okay. you know, maybe being a little bit more open to um you know, a little bit more extreme play as far as uh, uh, you know, impact play, okay, or you know, playing in not public but in you know, in a like a dungeon or something, I'd be more interested in that now than mm-hmm. I was then, um, mm-hmm. and you know, or, or I'll give you a good example, like, uh, single tail whips. I mm-hmm. would have said absolutely no single tail whips when yeah. I started. And now I'm interested in that. Yeah. You know, that's something that would, that would, uh, would fascinate me. Strap-ons, mm-hmm. I'm interested in strap-ons now.
1: Mm-hmm. I've, and you weren't before.
0: I've never done that, but okay. I'm interested. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely wasn't interested in that before. And maybe some other okay. stuff. Like, to be honest with you, if I found the right person, I'd like to try a lot of things that I haven't yeah. tried. And my worldview at the very beginning was very, it was very small, you know, compared to now. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now I'm like, mm, that's you nice. know,
0: I, I, I want to experience it all, you know. And and mm. again, if I'm with the right person, they could they could bring out a lot in me, I think. Mm -hmm. for both both roles for both roles
1: yeah 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 no I think it's so much about uh the type of connection that you have there's like some subs that I'll do very specific um activities with that will never come up in other relationships so it's very much about the dynamic for me at least yeah so when people like ask me like what are your favorite things there are things that I remember bring up a lot of emotion for me mm. but at the same time I don't ever impose them on everybody right. <laughs> because sometimes it just doesn't suit a dynamic because I'm I'm mostly a lifestyler now um, rather than pro and then just doing you know just an action with who with you know um, a multiple a, a wider range of people but but yeah, so I think it's very for me personally very much depends on the type of connection and the type of person they are and that inspires the action. So so I don't know if I've changed actually that much since the beginning, but I've noticed that different people bring out very different things mm-hmm. in me.
0: I just so, thought about something also from a from a dominant perspective. I've mm-hmm. never was much for for being sadistic, Mm. but uh, I've had a couple of submissives that were very much pain sluts. You know, they really, Mm. really enjoyed, you know, hard play and they brought that sadism out in me. You know, that Mm -hmm. that grew through them. You know, they Mm. they wanted more, so I gave them more and I found that it kind of tapped into something, you know, deep inside of Mm -hmm. me where I really Mm -hmm. enjoy that. Maybe deep inside all of us. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) And so you know, they gave that to me. You know, that was something where where someone says, "Well, you know, I could, I could take more, or I'm more interested in being pushed, or whatever." And then when I start doing that, it's like, "Oh, I kind of like this too." And you know, that's that's where that has evolved over time for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because as much as you. At least for me, as much as people think it's about always just about what me getting what I want, actually one of my things is really seeing somebody getting what they want. You know, I, I get I actually Absolutely. get can get a kick out of that. And so I guess when that's an element of your dominance, then it's going to evolve a lot based on what they are reacting to also. Right. So it's like it's actually a lot of back and forth. It's not really one directional as some people maybe think sure but um yeah so so yeah we got in pretty deep on the would you date someone who wasn't kinky
0: how about that <laughs> we sure did didn't we? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah thanks to all the incredible perspectives that are out there and all the experiences you really hear in this one this one was a huge response but mm-hmm. you hear people's pain and isolation and their trials. And you really hear it in this one. So many of us have tried and battled with finding partners and it's ongoing, I think, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I answered this because it spoke to me too. I mean, it's something that anyone who's in this, you know, who's either doing, you know, the small stuff, they're they're doing it occasionally or if they're in a a long-term relationship it's something that they're struggling with and Mm. oh i hear from so many people that they that are in pain i mean this is definitely a pain point where Mm. there is the tragedy where people are paired up with partners that are you know not on the same wavelength as them and uh you know you only get one life you gotta, mm. you gotta get out there and get it. Um, you know, and no one else is gonna do it for you. You, you absolutely have to advocate for yourself. And so, I think it's really important that if it's something that you need in your life, that you try to find a way to make it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah because it can really spell a lot of um, hard times for everybody involved.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even for your, if you have a vanilla partner, um, you're you're mm. doing them a disservice as well. I think to, uh, yeah, to, to stay in a relationship that you're not fully invested in.
1: Mm. Yeah, and there are ways to compartmentalize for sure. Sure, but can you? I guess is a is a question that you need to be honest with yourself about.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm. That was that
1: was a good one very informative thank you Dirk
0: well thank you <laughs> I enjoyed it too yeah I enjoyed this one too yeah. all right well if you don't have anything else to add no I'm good I'm good thank you all right well if listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of future episodes then follow at you will please me on Twitter and keep an eye out for Sunday questions they'll be tagged uh, hashtag podcast you can reach the show at info at or see more at safewordpodcast.com. More on mistress Eva is at you will me.com. Her Twitter address is at you will me, And you can also see her on Instagram at you will please underscore me. More on me is at www.dirkhooper.com. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at at Dirk Hooper, or really just about anywhere else you can think of. Also, I'm answering your BDSM questions right now for Ask Dirk, and you can email me your questions at Dirk at DirkHooper.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard.